I'm Paul Levinson, and welcome to Light On, Light Through, episode 158. Why did the polls get it so wrong again in the recent U.S. presidential election? Well, the polling did get it right that Joe Biden won, but they were off in many states. In many places, the polls predicted that Biden would win by 8, 10, 12 points, and instead he won by just a handful of points percentage-wise. In other states like Florida and Ohio, the polls wrongly predicted that Biden would win because Trump won. The New York Times last week had an excellent article that went into this in detail, and so I decided to talk to my class about it a few days ago. What you're going to hear is the recording of Just My Voice, my roughly 15-minute lecture to the class about the history of polling and politics, what went wrong in the last two elections, now 2016 and 2020, and what are the consequences of this era, and what can be done about it. The Light on Light Through podcast. When surveys are done that measure physical attributes like height you or you're counting numbers of people that's very different than the kinds of surveys that measure the opinion of people because people might not be telling the pollster the truth people might change their minds and a whole bunch of things that make polling an opinion or a viewpoint very different than polling a physical or measuring a physical attribute. So you may recall in the past week I sent you that article uh, that was in the New York Times about polling. You remember seeing that article? I, I recommend that you read it and not only read it, but keep it on file for future classes that you take, because that was a really in-depth expose of polling, which, as we've mentioned now several times, but the New York Times really went into detail about this, polling was wrong again. And what's interesting about polling is they've been wrong before. They, pollsters, professional pollsters say they've learned from their mistakes and so they're not going to be wrong again. And that lasts pretty much until the next election or a couple of elections over the years and then they're wrong again. So just to review some of what I said before and now bring it up to date, polling really uh, is based on statistical samples and surveys that were first figured out by people like francis dalton in the united kingdom in england in the uh, 19th century a uh, magazine called the literary digest did a poll of voters before the 1912 election in which a lot of people thought the Republican candidate Taft was going to win, but the polls said Woodrow Wilson would win, and Woodrow Wilson did win the 1912 election. So that's what got people in the United States and even around the world really focused on polls. And 
Literary Digest reputation was really the gold standard until the 1936 election in which their polls showed Alf Landon, the Republican candidate, badly beating FDR, who had served one term as president. The actual result of the election? FDR won by a landslide. And the New York Times article doesn't tell the complete media story of that, which I think is in many ways the most important part of the story. The New York Times article correctly points out that in retrospect, the Literary Digest polls era was surveying a population of rich people. And obviously rich people didn't like Democrats. They didn't like New Deal spending. They liked Herbert Hoover and they wanted to see Alf Landon put FDR in his place. As I think I mentioned, it's always been fascinating to me. The, the reason behind that is the Literary Digest thought they had a really cool way of polling people. They would call them on the phone, much easier than going and meeting people in person. But in 1936, only very rich people had phones in their home. And so that's why such a serious mistake was made. So after that, polling did not use the telephone. They figured out other ways. It continued for a while. Everything was fine until 1948, when the polls showed John Dewey, the Republican New York governor, beating badly Harry S. Truman, who had become president because FDR died in 19. 45, and Truman was vice president, succeeded Roosevelt. And everybody thought Dewey was going to win. But Dewey didn't win, Truman won. And so polling was wrong there again. And over the years ahead, polling you know, did okay. Sometimes they were closer than others, but uh, not spent too much more time on this. In 2016, all the polls showed Hillary Clinton winning handily. Hillary Clinton did win the popular vote, but as you know, she didn't win in enough states to win the electoral vote. The polls in 2016 showed Hillary winning Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, to name just three states, that Hillary did not win, that Donald Trump won by a close margin. So this is what's really interesting to me. And, you know, for those of you who will be doing more research in this, even beyond our class, you would think that the pollsters studied very carefully what they got wrong in the 2016 election, which was just four years ago. And again, although the Times article doesn't go into too much detail about this, they did. The pollsters did study this very carefully. And they concluded, in a way similar to what happened with Literary Digest in 1936, they concluded that one of the problems with the 2016 polls is they didn't have enough young people in the poll who, in 2016, younger people did tend to vote for Trump. There were a lot of disaffected Bernie people who voted for Trump. And the pollsters decided to use things like messaging 
and other ways of getting people to give their opinions. So let me just uh, say, and again, I may have mentioned this earlier, but just to put this in another context, I think we, I talked to you about the Nielsen ratings. What they do is they have something hooked up to your television set, and th that tells them what you watched. And they're not dependent on you telling them, so that's how they get around that. But they want to make sure that you're not just putting on something and then not watching it. So they do calls. They call some of the people who have Nielsen boxes in their home. As I often say, you know, I really like PBS in principle, but I don't watch it all that much. And in the days before COVID, I always said, if I were a Nielsen contributor, if they had a Nielsen box in my house, what I would probably do in the interest of helping PBS, which is always struggling for ratings, I would turn our television on to channel 13. And then I'd say to my wife, hey, honey, why don't we go out to that nice new Italian restaurant? And so we go and have a really good Italian dinner, something we haven't been able to do since the pandemic, but that's another story. But then the, my television would have been on PBS and that would have shown up and helped PBS. But the problem with that strategy is PBS called people and asked them, well, you saw the show, what did you think of it? So that is the way that you can control what people say when you poll them. You have a combination of a box that keeps track of where the television is on, and then you confirm that by actually interviewing the person. Nobody has come up with a way yet of doing that with voting. In the first place, if you're asking someone who they're going to vote for, there is no vote that's yet taken place. So how can you do that? There is no equivalent of a Nielsen box, which is measuring what channel the television is tuned to. So the pollsters tried to get this improved. They tried to correct their errors. And what happened? As the New York Times makes clear, Michigan, they pretty much got right. Michigan, Joe Biden is, will win it by over 100,000 votes. I mean, he really smashed Donald Trump in Michigan. Wisconsin, Trump won by 20,000 over Hillary. Biden flipped that and won by 20,000 over Trump. That's barely more than one percentage point better in terms of the numbers. What did the polls show in Wisconsin? Six, seven, eight, ten percent. Polls showed Biden winning in Florida by four to five percent. What happened in Florida? Trump won by four to five percent. Polls showed Biden winning in Ohio. What happened in reality? Trump won easily in Ohio. Polls showed Biden winning in Pennsylvania by as much as 10 to 12 percent. Philadelphia was going to come out and just overwhelm the state. Biden is doing very well. All the votes have yet to be completely counted. He's not going to even be close to 100,000. It'll be more like 60 or 70,000, which is pretty good. But the pollsters got that wrong. And so 
for social scientists and the study of media and communications, what all of you are getting your masters in, is a combination of a social science and a humanity. Because, because this discussion, as you know, is a discussion that's talking about the techniques of social science. When we talk about John Stuart Mill's utilitarian philosophy, that's a humanity, not a social science. So this field, our field, is a combination of those two. But from the point of view of, of social science, the social science aspect of this past election and how it relates to freedom of expression and communication, the pollsters, maybe they improved slightly, but they basically got it wrong again. And this is interesting to think about what's going to happen in the future. As, as the New York Times made clear, both campaigns suffered from that incorrect polling. Biden wasted time in Florida and Ohio. Barack Obama, who is, I think, like the, the United States' best speaker, I mean, he's just a brilliant orator, he spent time in Florida. Trump went places where he didn't, you know, win at all. They all made mistakes based on the polling. So I don't know what's going to happen. It'll be extremely interesting to see what happens with polling four years from now. There's going to be another election two years from now. And before then, by the way, and this is exciting, this gets back to Georgia, which, as I mentioned last week, now it's completely clear and both sides are really pouring a lot of effort into Georgia. If the Democrats can win those two runoff elections, then the Democrats will have 55-0 votes in the Senate. Kamala Harris, as vice president, will be able to break any tie. She is a Democrat. The Democrats will control the Senate, as well as the House, and as well as having Trump, as well as having Biden instead of Trump in the White House. So those two elections are very important. But you know what? I haven't heard a single result of a poll in Georgia, and I have a strong suspicion that the campaigns in Georgia are completely ignoring the polls. So this is interesting, just in terms of the development of media and research into media and communications. I think the 2020 election is going to go down in history as one of the most major blows in polling that it received you know, after the, the 1936 election, for a good decade, uh, pollsters were laughing stocks. And th they did finally get better, but they messed up again with Dewey and Truman, as I mentioned, and then they got better again. But these back-to-back -back errors uh, in the results of polling are, are a major, major development, not only in politics, but in the social science of polling. Now, to get back again to freedom of expression, because of this problem in polling, we are now deprived, to some extent, of ever knowing why people voted for a particular candidate. And that's why I was spending so much time on this in addition to it being interesting. And what I mean by that is, if polling were accurate, 
we could poll people now and try to find out why did you vote for Trump? And if they said, in effect, well, I believed a lot of what I was reading about Trump. And then you could say, well, where did you read this? I saw it on Twitter. I saw it on Facebook. I saw it on Instagram. That would tell us something very important about this issue, that maybe there does need to be stricter controls. But if they said, well, you know why I voted for Trump? I just think he's different from any politician. I think he is not burdened down by 50 years of working in, in the Senate and then the vice president and, you know, learning all the ropes, but not learning what's really, really important. There's a big difference between those two reasons for voting for Trump. But at least as at present, we are now being deprived of a major way that we could find out why people voted for Trump or Biden. By the way, the Trump administration sent out checks of $1,200 to anyone who paid taxes in the past year as a way of helping people through the pandemic. And that might be a reason that a lot of people voted for Trump. I don't know. But unfortunately, because of the inadequacy of polling, we can debate this logically. We can try to bring our understanding of people and media and our insights into this. But we have no real scientific way now, no reliable scientific way of determining why people did what they did. Even though there continues to be a greater thirst than ever for doing something to find out more about why people did what they did. Instead, we are working with not one hand tied behind our backs, but if polling is not a reliable vehicle for gaining this knowledge, it's pretty much with two hands tied behind our back. There's no other way that we know of of finding out why people did what they did. The Light on Light Through podcast. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Light on Light Through. I'll be back again with another episode. Could be another academic episode, an analysis of politics. Could be a review of a great new television show or movie. In any case, stay safe, stay sound, and enjoy. AD. She ripped the paper in half, then ripped the halves, then ripped what was left again into bits and pieces of history that could have been. Sierra Waters had read once that, years ago, it was thought that men made love for the thrill, while women made love for the sense of connection it gave them. Curled up with a good book says, Sierra Waters is sexy as hell. You can find out more about The Plot to Save Socrates by Paul Levinson at theplottosavesocrates.com.
Firefetch War raging on in secret for centuries. 